The following podcast is a recap of a movie you have never even heard of, let alone seen. Consequently, the entire conversation is spoilerific. We here at Pain and Green Peppers, at least the same among us, encourage you to avoid watching any movie we discuss at all costs. It is not worth the damage it will do to your soul. Just sit back and be amused at Shane's anger and outrage. Thank you. Shane Aiden. And this is Patrick Heights. And this is the Paid and Green Peppers podcast. How are you doing out there? Sounds like they're doing great. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. Crowd goes wild. Yeah, just something. <laughs> I know they're, they're enjoying themselves listening to, uh, to us. And, okay. and for the first time uh, since the uh, plague of the 21st century swept yes. the nation, we are actually recording in the same spot. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I actually it's get to... Uh, nice. Actually, get to visit violence upon my friend for making me watch this crap today. So that's great. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Yeah. So tell me, my friend, and I use that term uh, uh, ironically. Yes. What yes. was the uh, cinematic dog squeeze that you subjected me to this week? Well, the cinematic dog squeeze this week was none other than the film Ninja Terminator, a Joseph Lai release. And for those of you who are hardcore uh, Peyton Green Peppers. Followers, you would know that our pilot episode, uh, Catman Lethal Tracks, was another one of Joseph Lai's uh, releases. So, uh, just a little bit of trivia there uh, for you guys who are, you know, on the Joseph Lai bandwagon. Yeah, that's you know, his mom and, and, and maybe him. Um, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. He, maybe his mom. If, if his, the self hating didn't take him out already. Right. <laughs> but that, uh, that, that episode is actually available on YouTube. Uh, look us up on the Paid and Green Peppers YouTube channel. You can listen to the first season of that before we uh, figure out how to work these uh, you know, magical boxes called computer rays and uh, we're able to record things uh, a little more, uh, I don't know. A little more groovy? That's the one. That sounds good. Okay, Bruce Campbell, that's enough. <laughs> So yeah, Ninja Terminator, this was an exciting piece of cinema that I had not actually seen. Uh, I was familiar with its existence, uh, but I hadn't actually viewed it. I was unfamiliar with it at any level whatsoever, and I was a happier man for it. <laughs> That's probably I, true. I, I, missed, I missed last week before I watched this movie. I didn't know it was there. <laughs> it was, it was, those were good times. <laughs> when I just had to worry about, you know, infecting my family with a possibly highly contagious and Deathly disease. That was a lot easier than having to deal with the memory of watching this movie. Now, yeah, this is it's a, it's unforgettable. I dare say, unforgettable. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I'm trying to figure out where I can drill into my hole with a, <laughs> with a titanium bit drill bit and just you know just go ahead and you know, kill part of that brain. Yeah, well, you don't want to do that. This movie was actually. Uh, it was just one of those films, of, it was like, you know, you can't turn away. You, you, you're like, you know, I'm going to take a potty break. No, no, wait, something else is happening. It may not make I, sense. I will, I will give that. that. That was just one thing after another. Uh, I have to admit that this was 
one of the most action-packed things that I had seen for this movie. I mean, we're not we're not talking about you know, something as great as the raid or anything, but I mean, at least this was this is better than watching some guy in a really bad scuba suit with some you know railroad moss glued to it walking around saying I'm a swamp monster, which is half the first season of Paid Green Peppers. Yeah, yeah, or uh, yeah, we seem to be on a kick there for a while. But, you know. <laughs> It is what it is, and now we're ninjas. We're in the ninjas. So well, okay. you know, and when I when I when uh, when Pat first told me that we're watching Ninja Terminator, my first thought was, given the the release date of this, this was going to be a combination of you know the uh, 1980s ninja craze. Oh yeah, um, and that the uh, a, a ripoff of the Terminator. I was expecting it to be a robot uh, ninja sort of thing. And I was uh, sadly sorely disappointed. That would have been better than what this nonsense was. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it's a misleading title, I suppose. Because you do think ninjas and you think <clears throat> the movie Terminator. And you think, hey, it's from the 80s. This is going to be some mashup. Uh, it's going to be quite satisfying. And it was. But not for the reasons that you would initially think. Um, because apparently the, the filmmaker uh, had a knack for taking films, throwing the word ninja... Uh, with other film titles like The Terminator, he has one called Full Metal Ninja, Ninja Force, etc. You know, he would just slap ninja on anything uh, that was popular at the time and hope for the best. And, uh, so we, you talked about that this is also you know, the same guy that, that just cobbled together Catman. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Uh, and it was very much like that in that you had a storyline and a disparate storyline... And there was a tenuous connection between them, but not really. And uh, so I know that he had that is it Joseph Lee, Joseph Lai, Joseph Lai, Harry Lay, jo- whatever however you want to pronounce it. I don't honestly know exactly. Joseph the Accursed. I'm not sure. That's probably more accurate. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Just call him Joey. Hey, yeah, Joey. Joey. He uh, had for Catman did in fact film you know an, an original 20 minutes of movie and slapped it in some other I, I guess I, at that point it was an Indonesian film or something is it the same thing that happened here it is indeed yeah okay. he took a pre-existing film uh, and from what I understand a lot of these films were just obscure Asian films from various countries or um, maybe possibly even unreleased films uh, that he would just snag up chop up and then add new footage into it you know that sort of thing that, that does make a lot more sense um, you know given the fact that that it was oh my god I cannot underscore how insanely confusing this <laughs> pile of mess was I think that had I a traumatic brain injury and were on some sort of never ending roller coaster on LSD while people were pelting me with tomatoes, oranges, and turnips, I think I would be less confused than trying to follow <laughs> this film. It it made no kind of sense. Um, it, yeah, I mean, I agree. And, and, and just, and it's a product of its time for sure because I, just to get into it, let's just start. Yeah. The opening credits... The opening credits were essentially 
the back 15 or 20 pages from a Black Belt magazine in 1983. Because it was just nothing but a picture of a ninja weapon, ninja weapon, ninja weapon, ninja weapon, ninja weapon. Ninja weapon. And that was it. And for all those who remember those days when the ninjas Absolutely. were ruled all, yes. and if you were a 12, 14-year-old boy, that was the greatest thing in the world. So Black Belt magazine was nothing but ads for these, you know, horrible Pakistani made <laughs> quote unquote ninja weapons that, right. that you know were as, as you know sharp as Joe Biden I mean it was <laughs> and that's the introduction to the film right there in a nutshell that really is uh, I thought the same thing it's just like wow you got this weapon and this weapon and you know just these various weapons you know, just to look cool, you know, uh, behind the credits. Sure, sure. And then it, and it opens up and they're taking pieces of a statue and putting them together. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. the sacred um, ninja statue. You know, obviously white guys with um, heavy eye makeup that uh, I guess in today's parlance would either be called a guy liner or manscara. I'm not sure right. which. <laughs> Take your pick. I mean, it was, you know, so... The whole show Kasugi, uh, you know, the eyeliner around there to really accent the eyes, I guess. Um, but they're really bad ninja suits, and they really are horrible. And then some guy comes in, and it was, I, I mean, to say that the Shaw brothers did a better job dubbing than this movie did is a really sad statement <laughs> um, and it's just the, the, you've got people there they're in mass there's just four or five people there you don't know who is who there's no introduction there's no context and then you hear <laughs> and some bald dude comes in there with a plastered on joker smile and uh, oh, Supreme Ninja. This is the line. Oh, Supreme Ninja. That's the line. Classic. At, at which point he grabs a sword and starts whacking his arm with it. And, you know, you can see he's not actually even hitting himself. Uh, and he looks at the guy who's just standing there, not, not reacting in any way. Don't believe it? Give it a try. And uh, only because... I was able to piece this together with Sherlockian skills. Did you figure out that, I guess, the three pieces of this statue put together uh, gave somebody, it was a random person apparently, <laughs> the, the ability to withstand a sword blow. Now, I don't know how he would do a fair against a 9mm, but, uh, you know, he can't get cut with a sword on his arm anyway. That's true, so, you know, maybe uh, that's something. Yes, and... And the uh, Supreme Ninja is saying that they're there to celebrate 20 years of the Ninja Clan. Oh, the dynasty. <laughs> so that means they started in 65, the good old 60s. and Because uh, this was 85 when this uh, was released. So we're looking at, yeah, that 20-year run. Yeah, 1965, the, the hippies and ninjas. I remember it well. <laughs> Parading around the cities and love uh, circles and things. You know, like that. I would pay good money to see a movie where people in black pajamas ran around cutting ninja, cutting hippies up with swords. That might be a good 
Joseph Live project. I think that we should just go somewhere with a bunch of hippies and do it ourselves. Do Why not? Those, do a reality show. Let's yeah. do a reality show. <laughs> Ninjas hunt the hippies. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, somebody would watch that. Hippie versus Ninja. Hey, I like that. Better. There you it's go. Catchy. It's there catchy. you go. And uh, then something happened. I don't know why and I don't know what other than suddenly people are running around with, with swords and there's there's fighting and there's no reason why you don't know who is who one thing I know about a ninja is they don't step more than three inches away from the other foot at any time it's this little shuffle you know Just imagine like your 90 year old grandma trying to get across the, the room to get her, her cookie to go with her coffee or something like that you know that three, that three inches or so where she shuffles her feet now speed it up to 120 miles an hour, and that's how these people ran. <laughs> it's true, yeah. It uh, made no sense. It really, no, right. It made no sense. They were pursuing uh, Richard Harrison, who was playing Master Ninja Harry. He was the guy with the the American with the mustache and the guy liner, and of course, right, he, because you could you didn't see that, right, with a mask on, right, right, exactly. So that made sense. All of a sudden, people are fighting. You don't know if it's the same ninja, a different ninja. Is it different ninja clan? Yeah, you just uh, there just, was really no. It was just it, it just happened. It just happened. It, it just happened. happened, and it was very. You really had to pay attention and kind of make up things in your head to kind of figure out, you know, to fill in those gaps. But uh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, they're stealing parts of the Golden Ninja Warrior statue. Uh, I guess uh, for whatever reason. But I don't... but let's talk about the, the the outfits of these ninjas. Shall yes. We? Yes. Now, see the hard thing about this, and I'm sure that most of our fans. All three of you. How you doing? Um, <laughs> would know that the word ninja is really just a Japanese word for assassin. It's not really a uh, you know designation of something. It's just a, an assassin. It's someone who kills people. And so, really, the whole mythology of the ninja suit is, in fact, just the mythology. The real ninjas, which did exist, were really just assassins, and they were covert people, so they would dress up like a farmer or a nobleman or whoever they needed to dress up as to get close to their target. But at least in the mythology, you have the black ninja suit, which would be, oh, let's say we're blending in with the darkness, and we work under the cover of darkness. And that would be the ostensible purpose of a ninja suit. Yes. Tell me something. Why are those ninja suits red? Yeah, that. Uh, what are they blending in with? I the don't know field of poppies from the Wizard of Oz. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand the red uh, motif uh, there. Was it Valentine's Day? And they were I don't know. Party? I don't know. But I, I just know that no one can go downstairs like a normal human being. They have to do flips downstairs. They have to. <laughs> Oh. And, and the ninjas apparently have the ability to, you know, Nightcrawler from the X-Men uh, ability just to blip in and out of existence. Yeah, with, they were good at that, too. Yeah. It must yeah. have came, the, the energy came from the Golden Ninja Warrior, I suspect, perhaps. They were channeling that somehow. Yeah, I, I whatever. I doubt it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I noticed that. The ninjas, they didn't couldn't just casually walk somewhere. They had to, like... Forward handspring down steps and all right. of these things. No one's around to see these right. tricks, mind you. And one the, and, and there was one scene that was kind of interesting that they had a guy that did the, the traditional forward spring where you see him coming from the left side of the camera. And he does, you know, the, the running cartwheel and a couple springs. He jumps up to do a flip. He just disappears and then reappears on top of a wall, which, okay, that was actually cool. It looked cool. Um, It'd be nice to have context. Yeah. It'd be nice to have explanation. Yeah. It'd be nice to have a little poof. 
a smoke, smoke at least drawn on <laughs> right, the, right. The, the film to show that something happened other than, oh, we lost three three frames of film there somewhere. Exactly. Which, uh, uh, not even like that. Was there even a sound effect? No, no. They just vanished and, and reappeared. Oh, I mean, okay. you know, who, you, what do you need sound for? They're ninjas. They're quiet. They're like, sure. like a, a living whisper, if you sure, will. Sure, sure. And then... Somebody died, and I'm not sure who died. Who died? It was the one of the ninjas that wasn't uh, Richard Harrison. He was the other, the Asian ninja that stole uh, one of the arms or something. Okay. And they ended up killing him to get it, which he yeah, didn't have it on his person or something. Because, you know, you do carry around a big block of cheap <laughs> gold-painted plaster. Big plaster. Yeah. You, just, you carry it around in your pocket for good luck. Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah. So anyway, he didn't have it on him, and he ended up uh, getting a, I guess they killed him. I mean... Yeah, or, because like, then they're at a funeral. Yeah, cause I, I never... Until the funeral happened, I thought, what well, did they just beat him up? Did they yeah, smack him and, around? But I guess they killed him. Yeah. And then this is where we cut into this other complete different dimension, and... Joe or Jay or whoever is this? What's the guy? The the accursed director that I want to beat? Joseph Lai. Yeah. Now let's not leave out Godfrey Ho as well. They actually made this film together. Uh, they're notorious, uh, you know, notorious filmmaking teams. Yeah, they're, they're both some... guilty. Yeah. In this, yeah. In this area. So, yeah, that's not uh, that's not really anything we need to be proud of. <laughs> no, no, that's no. true. <laughs> so that we we cut to a different uh, alternate dimension. And so, again, this is where it really becomes evident for a person who pays even the slightest bit of attention or has even the slightest bit of history or, or knowledge of ninja and, and such as that, is that, you know, ninja, Japanese word, yes. uh, the title of ninja as an assassin, as a, as a uh, occupation, uh, strictly Japanese. Uh, I mean, not that they didn't have other assassins or something. They didn't have a specific designation for that. So you go from Japan, allegedly, uh, where the supreme ninja is almost hitting himself with that sword to prove how tough he is, and then it was Shanghai. Was it? I Shanghai? believe that. Yeah, yeah it, I think that's where it was. It, it actually became to a Chinese territory. So either somewhere mainland China or off mainland China, but it was certainly. Different Chinese. It was became, not Japan. That's not Japan, sure. and it became a non-Japanese movie altogether. And you open up with this um, funeral. Now, let me ask you something real quick. Sure. Uh, when you watched this, were you able to get the widescreen version or the uh, boxed version? Mm, I don't even recall, to be honest with you. Which well, one I was, did you watch? I started out watching the little boxed version. Mm -hmm. And um, whoever did that didn't care anything about making it even remotely watchable. They, they in essence, put the, the focus, the cut, on the center of the screen and never moved it around. It was not even a pan and scan. It oh, was wow. just that. So most of the funeral, you didn't see anybody standing there. <laughs> So everything was out of frame. I, yeah, you saw the corner of the of the tombstone, and you saw part of the sister of this deceased idiot, <laughs> and uh, you didn't see her brother, who I would just refer to as a fat and uh, dumpy Bolo Young, um, <laughs> you know, standing there. Well, I, I, I noticed that there was the widescreen version available, 
so I actually watched that and was able to actually see that. Okay, that must were, be the one I watched because okay. I don't remember losing any footage. So, yeah, yeah, well, that's you know, I, I was better off for not seeing it. Let's well, be but, yeah, uh, that's yeah, that's, but, I'm sure that's true. <laughs> but then they have, but then they have the the dubbing again, um, and they're talking about that that he was such a great human being and um, a good brother. Did they not know he was a ninja? A person who was paid to kill people? It's a secret society, my friend. Uh, (laughs) Not even your family can know. Apparently not. But they're just going on about, why would God do this? I don't remember there being a whole lot of Christianity uh, (laughs) oozing through the culture in the greater Asian community in 1980. I I don't recall there being a great revival that swept Shanghai. (laughs) And, you know... So they're just throwing that on there and, uh, you know, just putting that in there. I, I, it's just one of the weirdest, most awkward. And I I pray to God that the people who are actually saying this in the original movie weren't actually saying these words because this was the dumbest thing. I was serious. There was no dialogue whatsoever that made any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the I'm just, I've got a note here and I don't remember when it was, but... Uh, somebody said something. I think it, I think it was the the, the sister, and the way she says it, it's just so strange. <laughs> yeah, I caught that. That was a uh, that was strange in yeah, itself. That was, yeah. Why did they do that? I don't know. Oh my god! I don't think anyone would really talk like that, uh, <laughs> especially at a funeral. Right. Uh, and what a funeral! You know, two people. Um, hey, it was a ninja. <laughs> he killed all his friends. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Either that or they were there, you just couldn't see him. Yeah, he was a good they human had being. Matching suits. You he know. was such a good human being. Yeah, he was yeah, a great guy. A great guy. A real salt of the earth. Oh yeah, he is now. <laughs> oh. Let's not skip over the one of the. Uh, Can't we? Can we skip? <laughs> there's a scene right along in that same area where we cut back to Richard Harrison's uh, ninja character. Oh. Where his wife is preparing crab for dinner. This was a really bizarre now, scene. I got that after this. It may be after that, but because we've got I, to touch on that scene. Well, we'll touch on it, but there's somebody that that I've just got this this note. I'm assuming it was the uh, uh, gangsters. Is it the one with the blonde wig? Yes. Yes. Which, okay. was my, which was my note is, Jesus, what a wig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like a... Like Peter Tork from the Monkeys, this blonde it kind was, of uh, it was a Prince Valiant wig. I yeah, don't know it, that's the one. So you have an Asian guy. I mean, a very very Asian guy, and you have a like Aryan dream white blonde wig that this guy is wearing, <laughs> and it's a it is a Prince Valiant cat. You know that whole like the straight bangs and then straight down, and so yeah, Miles O'Keefe. What yeah. is Oh yeah. So yeah. and now this guy, he was looking for the idol. That's the guy, right? He was in charge. He, he of... was one of the people looking for the oh, idol. Yes, yes. Uh, I don't know if he had part of the idol or he needed the idol. See, they never really because said. you didn't explain anything in this movie. You just know that <laughs> it was this, just easier. Not some to... dude in a wig is like, I need this statue. <laughs> that is become the ultimate ninja. <laughs> and he's wearing a white suit. It's, this is not even. So this is the setup. And every time this, this is happening, it's a if it, it's hard to describe. But the camera is a single camera, and is from above 
and behind this guy. Looking down, he is on a platform. He's got people at the bottom of this platform surrounding him. There's stairs up to it. And it's a static shot down on this. And you don't, that seems much more like a organized crime than a ninja clan. Yeah, exactly. As he's in a white suit. mafia type Right, yeah. Asian mafia, you know. Right, not the Yakuza, because that would be Japanese. (laughs) And we're not in Japan. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Oh, my goodness. That guy, he was a trip to look at. And then they have people running around with pantyhose on their head. Yeah. Now, I thought this was a ninja clan that needed the ninja, the ultimate ninja statue to get ultimate ninja power. Can't they afford? Can't they afford the black pajamas? <laughs> the they're boss, re- they're the, wearing pantyhose. The boss on the spent head. all the money on his suit <laughs> and the wig and the wig. <laughs> right, right. And this is where we go with because again, nothing comes of this. It's just we have. <laughs> I have to get this the ninja statue, and then people start running around with pantyhose on their head with various and sundry weapons. They don't do anything to anyone or go anywhere. And then we have Mr. Mustache. What's his name? Richard Harrison is the sure. actor. And uh, for those of you that know him, and most maybe not, he did a lot of uh, you know sword and sandal films back in the day, the Euro spy crime movies and things like that in the 60s, the spaghetti westerns. Uh, but he somehow ended up in the 70s uh, under the tutelage of Joseph Lai. Uh, for at least a couple films, uh, to which were later hacked up and to made made to about a dozen films without his permission or knowledge. Shocking, I know. Yeah, I'm gonna say that no one knew that but you, and including <laughs> Richard Harris. <laughs> Harrison, now Whatever. let's not slaughter the poor. <laughs> He's been through enough with this film, you know. You know, uh, he, okay. So we go we go to this guy's house. She's gonna make crab. Some sort of new crab recipe. Yeah. And he's just standing there polishing weapons. Yeah. Apparently, hi- apparently, apparently his wife knows he's a ninja. Yeah, she's cool with it. As opposed to the brother and sister who's saying that the ninja was a decent, great human being. And yeah, why they, we gotta... they couldn't be trusted. Sure. And uh, so then you hear screaming. Yeah, she screams. She screams because she's dropped the crabs. And they're, they're live... Little crabs. And, uh... They're just walking around the kitchen floor. They're not hurting anything. Right. And here we go. Somehow, <laughs> in in physics uh, of projectile that would defy the logic of the craziest JFK conspiracy nut, because she left him in one room, went behind him into the kitchen, through a door... Yeah. And screams that there's, you know, just screams, doesn't say anything. At which point, you know, the Dutch ninja dude, you know, pulls up this little, it's almost a knife, it's almost a dart, it's just sort of a little small blade, about four inches and sort of pointy, and he throws it, and uh, we have what can only be termed as uh, animal abuse uh, caught on tape. Absolutely. Because they have a knife. In the back of a crab, and the crab just shuffling along the floor like there's nothing going on. Yeah, with a knife in his back or head or whatever you want to call it, whatever a crab that is on a crab, it's a head back. I don't in, know. in the in the, the shell or whatever. And, Terrible. And, and well, I mean, was Peter when this film was made. Uh, I don't know. This is China. I guess they were worried about the dog meat that was being. <laughs> that was the. Uh, 
being served as, as, as the your lunch that day. Yeah, I guess they had better things to worry about like, than this oh, poor crab. Yeah, I guess they, well, you stick you stick a little knife in the crab a little bit before you boil it alive. I guess there's not a whole lot of problem with that. <laughs> they were doing the crab a favor, putting him out of his misery sure. first, I suppose. Uh, Weird scene, though, just the same. Weird yeah, and, and again, nothing come of it. And if you can't kill a crab with a knife, how how dangerous are you if you can't stab a crab and kill it? Yeah. Because it was not dead. It, it was, was not walking dead. around it was with a headache. Like, I, you know, not, like nothing happened. Yeah, like, oh, what's in there? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Sure, sure. And we move on because we always move on. Yes, this yes, is, we, we do. The, the, these scenes are just strung together like a Christopher Walken soliloquy. There's no <laughs> rhyme or reason to it whatsoever. And he gets a call at some point. Does he not? At some point, I, I don't on, on a Garfield phone. He has a, yeah, just ninja. It's a Garfield phone. And when you hang it up, the eyes move, or when you pick it up, the eyes move. When, you, when something you pick it up, the yeah. eyes open. Oh, that's what it and is. And when yeah. you hang it up, the eyes He close. goes to sleep. Yeah. Garfield takes a nap. Yeah. Sure. Classy. And uh, <laughs> somebody during all this dubbing had an Edward G. Robinson accent. Yeah, see? We're on this now, see? This is some Chinese guy. Uh-huh. And I and he, here's where it goes completely off the rails. And I understand. You're thinking now it goes off the rails? Yeah. No, it goes off the rails now. <laughs> because you've just got a guy with no explanation of anything walking around and it is nothing but for the next hour... Just one big fight after another with no context, anything. If you like fighting, you're going to love this movie. No, if you like good fighting, you will not like this movie. Well, no, you might not like this movie. This is okay fighting. If you like constant action. If you like just constant distraction and you like just the... And you want want a preview of what it's like when you're old and have dementia and have no idea what's going on. (laughs) Well, the things you're looking at don't make any sense even though they're supposed to. Yeah. This is the movie for you. I track it's, it is. It yes. is an all-timers preview. It's it what it is. is. Yeah, it is. And I mean, these fights, yeah, like you said, you don't expect like some Jackie Chan quality fighting. That's not the case. It's not horrible. It's just, it's just there. It's, it's just a standard. Random fighting. It's a random, it's, it's constant. Every time this guy walks onto the camera... It is like you know there's gonna be a fight in the next. And we're 20 talking seconds. about Jaguar Wang, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, and we'll get to his, the what he called that in a, in a little bit. Uh, but at, at some point, he just he's fighting, and the people he's fighting. Was this when he was looking for the restaurant? Is this the introduction? He's looking for the restaurant. Yeah, he asked directions okay. to the restaurant. He asked directions to the restaurant. <laughs> I love this scene, Edward by the G, way. And the Edward G. Robbins, there ain't no restaurant around here, see? You don't even be around here, see? What? <laughs> Why is it that right? And, and so these people attack him. And with all the ferocity that I, as a 48-year-old, rather obese, worn out, stiff, non-limber, non-martial arts trained human being could easily dodge. <laughs> if someone attacked me like that, I think that I have gotten more war wounds from my five-year-old attacking me. Like my seven-year-old when she's mad tries to punch me. She is quicker and more random than these fights. And so he beats these people up and then then we go into Three Stooges territory. 
<laughs> because he grabs one of these guys' nose. Oh, he does. You're he right, honks he does. the nose like Mo. Yep, he does. And starts dragging him around. And, you know, what's that restaurant? What's over there? Yeah, was that so hard? You said, why, you know. why? Were these guys just street thugs? Just... They were playing street ball like a Bronx. <laughs> like they were, kids weren't they? in the Bronx in yeah. 1922 waiting for the latest mafioso to walk down the street and yeah. asking for a quarter. This is what these people were doing. And yeah. so, and, and, I, look, I, I had this and you can check this and you can, I have written, I literally have no idea what's going on. <laughs> And I think that's probably the exact thought anyone who watched this film thought at that particular juncture. They thought, this is, what's happening here? It makes no sense whatsoever in any context whatsoever. It just just goes and goes and goes. Um, he asks for, he sits down after drinking someone's drink off of a tray and... Uh, <laughs> this guy's bold, by the way. He's a, very bold, very a, cocky. A waiter comes up and asks him if he wants something... Uh, and he wants the woman who runs the place, and she says, that's me, and then that's it? Yeah. I mean, allegedly, that he's tracking her down. Again, if you put this together enough with enough coffee and acid, it starts to make a little bit of sense. We're like, okay, I guess that, that was the sister... Of who the was, dead who, man. Who's of the dead ninja, right. who was such a good human being. Yeah. Uh, and she's supposed ninja. to have one of the pieces of the statue... But he never asks her for it, or never gets it, or even follows up on it. And then he leaves. And he goes out to a car. And one guy goes, hey, you're Jack Y. Wayne, aren't you? There's your style all around here. And they get in a fight. This is literally what's going on. It's like, he's a famous guy. You're Jack Y. Wayne. And, you? and so there's two people he beats up two people um, and then we get where, where, where it really hit me this is obviously you know because it's so disconnected but it was when you watch a you know a, a movie made in Japan or a movie about Japan um, you never hear about style you never hear about you know this style versus this style that is strictly um, a cinematic Chinese uh, foible. It's as well. It's always that, and so you never get like the ninja style versus the samurai style or any particular thing. That's true. But what you got after this guy beat these people up and put a big dent in the front of his car because he kept throwing them on top of the car. <laughs> this is interesting, Doctor Bokata. You like it anymore? <laughs> Anyway, I uh, goes not you not seen my Jaguar style. Now, <laughs> number one, that's a completely totally Shaw Brothers shine, you know, nineteen uh, seventies period piece, you know, mantis style, uh, snake style, uh, vampire style. But Jaguar <clears throat> is a large predatory cat. Native to not the jungles of China, but South America. <laughs> so it's a little odd for me to think that they're going to have an ancient martial art based on a animal's behavior 
that would not have been discovered until the 1500s or so. And so you'd have to have basically had a, I don't know, a Shaolin missionaries sailing across the Pacific to land into the jungles of Central and Mesoamerica and, and then track down a jaguar and study its movement and then base a martial art on it and then bring it back. No! <laughs> <laughs> My jaguar style. You're going to bring deliver a message. And, okay... Did he give him a message? I don't even recall. Was there actually a message? There's something that he wants the he wants the the, the statue. I think. Oh, but, but <laughs> it's all about the statue. But yeah, he, yeah. yeah, sure, because there's an explanation of why he's after the statue. Yeah. Um, but then he's like, "Wait a minute!" And he pulls one of the guy's rings off. Oh yeah, yeah. And he goes, "A ring for a coat." What do you mean a ring for a coat? The, he, no one destroyed this guy's coat. It's not like he owed him a coat because during the scuffle, the, the guy destroyed something he was wearing. He was just walking around. And a ring for a coat. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's very odd. Yes, yeah, a very odd thing to say. But he took the ring. He took the ring, and then we're going to a car chase. Yes. Why are we going to a car chase, Pat? Because it's exciting. No, it's not. It's not exciting? It's not exciting. Because these are like 1970-something... Um, I don't even... I, I don't know what model it is, but if you can <laughs> imagine way back when, if you saw a Datsun... Yeah. Uh, or a, a VW, not a Bug, but the other VWs they made. Sure. Or, you know, some old, old something... And so they're small cars. They're not sport cars. And in the reality situation is they're probably not going at their top speed faster than the speed of smell. And so they're just going down this road and he's chasing somebody. Um, and he's not trying to pass them. He's just behind them. So obviously the first thing you do when you are being just followed is to start weaving back and forth like a... <laughs> like a crazy person, Like yeah. Otis the Drunk after he stole Andy Griffith's car. Yeah, because you know, I was like, what is going on? Wiped out Opie and Aunt B and is trying to make his getaway. <laughs> you know? That's... that's and, and there's no reason to have done that and there's mm -hmm. plenty of room to pass even if they did do that, which of course eventually this person, the Jaguar pulls... In front of this person, and and stops. Now the other person could have because there's a whole other lane and the side of the road. <laughs> there was plenty of room to go around him, and he's made their good their escape. Stops, and it's a girl, and there's a history, and they know each other. Yeah, and, and then they uh, then there's a sex scene, and, and they they make passionate love. Yeah, that's passionate. Which <laughs> which course you know, to to I guess. Uh, symbolize the uh, culmination of the act of love shall we say there's a flower yeah yeah that, uh, that okay was... and and again <laughs> I'm just I was so confused writing I kept, kept writing the things like and like who's the good guy because I didn't know who the good guy was no, I don't you know, really had no way I don't of know who's that. after I don't know who's after the statue for what reason mm -mm. I don't know why these people took the statue 
I don't know anything about anything. There was no context for any of the characters in this film. You knew certain ones were more bad than others, but you really didn't know. They could have all been you villains. You didn't know. You had no I don't, clue. You don't know if, if this Jaguar Wang is a good guy or bad yeah. guy, because every time he walks in somewhere, he beats someone up. Right. Now, I know a lot of people. <laughs> Most of the people that I know don't walk into them and start slapping people around. They wouldn't be considered good guys right. doing that. That's a pretty good indication they're probably unsavory. Right. And then... I'm trying to think. I don't know who wrote, who said the line, but the, somebody said, "Why are you so greedy?" And the response was, "Because there's not enough." <laughs> now that's a classic cinema I line. I don't know who said that. I don't know why. And trust me, if you watch the show, you're still not going to know. You will not know who no, said no, that no, if you watch it. Yeah, you'll say, "Oh, that dude," or somebody said it, but you won't because know who it is. You know, the, the, you don't know. I don't, and I'm I'm assuming it's probably because this is uh, such poor quality. It's a it's a uh, well at, the, at what this point almost forty year old film. Yeah, right. Um, and so it, it was the film that was chopped up was probably forty five years old or so. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's a foreign film, and they don't really make great quality film. Yeah, I'm talking about specifically physical film is not really good. And then if you don't have some reason to preserve it, it gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah, and so it just sort of breaks this, down. This is uh, the, the, what I saw on YouTube. And again, YouTube, not known for its high resolution. Right, right. Uh, but this was just something that someone, you know, beta dumped onto this. Yeah. So I honestly couldn't tell who was who half the time. Until they said, ah, Jaguar Wang. And I'm like, oh, okay, so the guy in white's not Jaguar Wang. He's wearing white now. Yeah. But other than that, so unless he was wearing the ridiculous, you know, Ivanhoe wig, mm-hmm. uh, or was the the Dutch ninja with his mask down so you could see the the big Brillo pad porn stash. Right, right. You know, you, I had no clue who anybody was because the quality was so poor, the picture was so bad. You couldn't tell who was who was what was which, and I had no idea why Aunt Jemima was fighting that person half the time. Yeah, because, I mean, you're right. It was was a little uh, tricky to kind of keep everyone separate. Now, after this car chase that ends in the lovemaking and then the whole flower, image of a flower, we cut to another ninja, well, a ninja battle, I should say, the camouflage ninja versus the black ninja, which ends in a... They they end up figuring out there's there's someone working against them, pitting them together because they they discover the throwing stars. Hey, that's my throwing star. Oh, that's my throwing star. Right. Someone is f- setting this whole thing up. There's right. orchestrating yes. something behind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Joke. So that, that that might make sense as to why I had a, a note about shurikens previous and and that goes to one of my actually one of my biggest pet peeves when I'm watching a martial arts movie mm-hmm. is that. You will, someone will throw a shuriken at somebody and they'll die. <laughs> you know, given the fact that a shuriken, you know, probably has maybe an inch and a half to two inches of a blade, and there aren't any, you know, organs that are that yeah. close to your skin, and to truly pierce the skin with the shuriken, you would have to have the arm of a professional baseball. Player, a pitcher, in order to throw, and it would have to be razor stinking sharp, and it had to be thrown just right. Now, real shurikens, history lesson, children, real shurikens, which actually did sort of exist, 
what you see the ninja stars that you would get at the old county fair um, or that the, as the in the back of Black Belt magazine those did not exist because these are useless trinkets they have absolutely no value whatsoever for causing damage to anyone uh, if you sharpen them up they don't carry the weight to do anything and even if they had the weight they do not have the depth to pierce a vital organ so when someone throws and there's a sh one single shuriken in your shoulder they pass out and die <laughs> I've seen pictures of people maimed by machinery where they literally had seven inch spikes going through their entire body like pull you know rebar all the way through and they're still walking around they going live, yeah. yeah but no you get hit with a shuriken and you die a real shuriken, which was sort of existed as again, was a basically two very large pieces of metal that were welded together in a cross form, and it weighed several pounds so that it would actually pierce the skin and it would do damage. What they're throwing at each other are horrible little trinkets, and yeah, it was the... See, I just needed to go off on that because that was made more sense than what this movie did. Yeah, but that was good. Because how many... How many... Not just ninja movies, but how many movies have you seen where they're fighting with shurikens and somebody just gets it chucked in their shoulder or their back and they're dead? Right, or, or it's even ludicrous. Their, or even their neck, <laughs> or even their chest, or their stomach. Yeah, it would stick in their sternum or something, but right. they're not. They just pull it out and right. Ouch! That it's hurts. Not gonna pierce you know. the more two layers of skin. <laughs> it's not like their heart is just exploding from this. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Exactly. Right. So yes, the ninja empire is trying to do something. <laughs> and then, We're not clear and, as to and what. And they really. used the term Ninja Empire. They did, yeah. Just, just going just going back to the fact that there were five people in this room. Yeah, yeah. Including the laughing bald man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then uh, Jaguar Huang, you know, I had to say it like that. Yes, back he goes, the battle. He, he, <laughs> goes, he goes to a pawn shop. Oh, yeah, I love this scene, too. He goes to a pawn shop, and... and this is crazy. <laughs> the guy who's running the pawn shop, I can only describe as this. A Chinese Gabe Kaplan from Welcome Back, Cotter with a southern accent. Yes. A southern perfect. accent. That is perfect. That's perfect. It's, yeah. So, you have a, the, the guy looks like, you know, he's, he's got the big stash and he's got the poofy hair and, you know, he sounds like he's from Georgia. Okay. <laughs> and he tries to sell him this ring and oh, the ring is fake uh, it was supposed to be a ruby very valuable I can really at least get a coat for it <laughs> what? <laughs> again with the coat <laughs> he's like what's happening? I don't understand there's gotta be something there Some underlying uh, something we don't know about oh and, and when I say and we cut to I'm saying this literally. They just go. There's no context. There's no lead into. It just happens. It just happens. And after some point, it's sort of you know like abuse. You just sort of accept that this is happening and this is your lot yeah. in life, and you just go on with it. And so we cut to, which is honestly the highlight of this god awful mess, which was a toy robot. Oh yes, yes. Delivering a message to Dutch Ninja. Dutch Ninja, yes, yes. Richard Harrison's character. Sure, sure. And it was... Uh, Ninja Master Harry. Yeah. Sure. That may be more clear. Sure. Yeah. 
But yeah, this is like one of these battery-operated Tomy robots from the early 80s. It's just oh. generic. You probably bought it at Radio Shack or something. Yeah, and, and you know, it had a couple little lights in it, and it would just sort of walk and, you know, stumble forward. And, and so there's just this little toy robot, and the guy accepts that there's a six-inch toy robot that's blaring some sort of death threat to him, and he doesn't even bother to kick it out the door or anything. It's like... You know, I'm thinking that if there's a six-inch toy robot, I'm going to kick it because what's it going to do? It's a six-inch toy robot. That's true. The only thing, what if it had been loaded with, you know, explosives? Well, then you send the children to kick it out the door for you. There you go. That's why we have kids, right? Exactly. (laughs) Save my butt. The Expendables. Yeah, save my butt. I got three kids. I got at least two times. I got at least two times I can cut you. Get that robot out of here. I can leave two times I can detonate a bomb and still have one left. I mean... (laughs) The odds are in your favor. Well, yeah. That's assuming that they're taken out by the bomb instead of surviving. They might just lose a face. Just in a horribly named state, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So then, uh, Dutch Ninja picks up the Garfield phone, and then there's the death threat from Supreme Ninja. Yeah. And we finally figure out the impetus for all these actions and all these problems which was and I will quote Dutch Ninja Ninja Empire is evil I must reform the Ninja Empire now again ninjas kill people that is their reason for being Well, he's trying to change that. He's trying to clean that up. Then you would not be a ninja. No, he's going to have to change the title of the Ninja Ah, Empire. Ninja Empire. Something else, I suppose. Ninja Empire is evil. I must reform Ninja Empire. And we go to a fight scene because there's nothing else that goes on in this. (laughs) Blankety blank, 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 help. It's true. I mean, uh, cut to Jaguar Wang. Do your thing, Jaguar. Pow, pow, pow. Yeah, and it was, I think this one was when uh, Chinese Gabe Kaplan comes up. Right. And that was my brother's ring. And <laughs> so apparently Chinese Gabe Kaplan, the pawn shop dude, um, with the southern accent, was related to the guy that attacked Jaguar Wang at, outside the restaurant that he gave the message to. And then we go, you know, some just generic, really just by the book, Chinese choreography of the fight scene. Yeah. There's a lot of kicks, and and these people can kick, and oh, there's, yeah. there's pretty decent choreography. But it's They've not, done the training. It's but, uh, not exciting. It's no. not original. And then we, tra- we, we traipse into, again, Three Stooges territory. Mm-hmm. Because at some point, when he's in the middle of fighting all this, he reaches out and tickles this guy's ribs, and the guy laughs like a you know schoolgirl. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about and, that. And then he grabs the guy by the hair again, like Mo grabbing Larry and dragging him around. Uh, and I'd like to explain to you why he did this, but I can't. Perhaps the Stooges were popular affair back in the day in, uh, in China. I, I, I don't... I'm just saying like any of this. Any of this. <laughs> um, and so... 
Is this where he took the guy? Uh, well, that's a good prison. Let's see, it takes. Uh, <laughs> He's got, you don't even know. This is your movie. This is your old I, thing. you know, it's uh, it's a little hard to follow sometimes. <laughs> Okay, Jaguar, this is what happens. Uh, he puts on a disguise. Okay. <laughs> then he ends up fighting again. Right. <laughs> he takes some prisoners. Oh, oh, oh wait, 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 wait. Yeah. That's right, that's right. <laughs> Doing like a hand. He was gonna, he was gonna, uh, he was there to buy drugs. That's what it was. He had a hat on and glasses. He had a hat on and, yeah. a, and a wig. Yeah, yeah, a wig, of course. Yeah, but not a blonde wig, at least. Um, so they show up to sell the drugs and he gets in the fight. Of course. After taking off his... He's addicted to violence. This, 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 maybe, you know, 12-step anger management program. I think he probably he, needs that. He uh, fights on the daily and so he never seems to be sore. He, uh, uh, takes one of the drug dealers and the drugs and I, I didn't figure out, um, uh, because there's another scene a little bit later... Where he opens it up and looks like there's a woman in his closet, but I, I, I figured out it was actually the guy that was taken from the one well, of the drug dealers. Oh yeah, right. It wasn't right. a woman in the closet. Yeah, it was, it was the drug dealer. The, yeah, it was that guy, and he's keeping him all gagged and. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> and and okay. And let's not let's not overlook the. Uh, occasionally, we'll see a, a scene of the ninjas training with watermelons, uh, sort of peppered in there. Every yeah, once in a while to break know, up the monotony. So they'll they'll swing left to right, left to right, and the watermelon will split up and down, up and down, <laughs> yeah. in a dramatic fashion. Because you know physics has nothing to do with ninja training. You know, so I know that when you cut something. It falls apart because a melon is a solid object. <laughs> and when you sever the solid object that is round, gravity has a tendency to pull it apart on the immediate. Um, yeah. As opposed to just sort of like we'll pan down and then it opens up slowly. Okay. Um... <laughs> And then these people are working at Cosmopolitan magazine, and I'm sure they licensed Cosmopolitan. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Uh, you know they got permission to use the magazine. So that you know, because bathing suits, I think, are going to be in because you can use them for workout gear. Mm-hmm. That was the line. I have no idea where we're going with it all was this. Delivered about as enthusiastically as that too. Ah. <laughs> uh. Oh my goodness! And I, I mean, I've tried to keep notes on this, but even my notes, I'm, I'm looking at this. They're even a little. Uh, like my notes that I tried so hard, so this is so hard to keep up with. There's another robot scene in there where he <laughs> delivers a VHS tape. Is that is that now or is that later? Uh, I, I don't know. I've got a note here: Black Ninja eating melon. Eating melon eating after he chops it up and uh, is warned again by the robot. Uh, I don't know if this is when he brings the videotape and they pop it in and it's... No, that's that's for the last. That's later. That's a different one. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's later. So there's a lot of robot in this. Yeah, three, there's three robots. Three robots. There's, there's, well, there was the, uh, um, the robot that, that threatened uh, the Dutch war- ninja. The warning, yeah, yeah. Then there was the robot that threatened the other ninja. Oh, the black ninja, yeah. Sure. And then there was the robot that brought a videotape. <laughs> to a party. Here you go. Yeah. yeah no, but what I've got, and, and 
And somewhere along all this is the past is behind me and there's a proposal and large, large letters. None of this makes any sense. This is... <laughs> Which is the reoccurring theme of this entire film. Uh, none of this really, really makes any sense. <laughs> I, just, I just want the hurting to stop. Yes. Oh, so, oh wow. Um... <laughs> Okay, I think are we somewhere to the part where Jaguar is bargaining for Mexico or Michiko's oh, yeah, life okay. or something? Oh, all right. Oh, this is all right. This um, because Machiko hasn't not been Machiko. Machiko oh, is my, not kidnapped my, my, yet. Oh, apologies. Okay. Okay. Yet yeah, now, Machiko is hooked up with an organized crime figure, and but we don't know why or who or anything other than. He's sort of a bad guy. Um, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Machiko is not hooked up. She's the sister that was kidnapped. Oh, the guy at the funeral sister. Yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah. So Machiko... Are you guys taking notes out there? <laughs> Good luck with this, kids. Uh, so, no. The, the guy is talking to his girlfriend, who was, who is the uh, ex-girlfriend of Jaguar Huang. That's right. And, and now gets, she's dating. And, and, and previously, after the car chase, he gave her the Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it PG, kids. Yeah, that's right. uh, that was, it was so, too easy, too easy. So, These are the jokes. So the, 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 the girl who was... Um, Okay, now the slide. Okay, I'm remembering this. It's now. all falling back into. Place. So the 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 girl who was the ex girlfriend of Jaguar Wang is the girlfriend of the bad guy who has kidnapped Machiko, who is the sister who is saying, "Why would God do this to us? He was such a good human being." Right, ninja. Okay, so this is where I, this is why these notes exist. He's screaming. He's telling her that the past is behind him. He wants to marry this girl, and he's just going to quit the organization. Now, if he quits the organization, is he just going to let Machiko go? <laughs> That's a uh, fair question. I don't because he doesn't act like it. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I think she's sort of stuck uh, then, <laughs> indefinitely. Right. <laughs> and then there's a smoking scene. I don't even know what the smoking. That scene was a bizarre was. scene. Oh. Okay, so they capture Jaguar Wang. Finally, he's captured and subdued after all these battles, right? Right. So they finally capture Jaguar Wang. They take him there. They show him Machiko. Now, this is important a little bit later, kids. They show him Machiko. And they're going to kill him. And the guy who is going to kill him is the guy who was in the closet from the drug deal. Yeah, that's right. It actually doesn't make as much sense as I'm saying. And so he was, uh, so can you give a doomed man one last favor? I'd like a smoke. Um, and so the guy who's going to do the killing offers him a cigarette. He says, no, I like my own brand. Yeah, because it's good to be picky in these situations. <laughs> sure. When you got a gun to your head. Yeah, well, he's Jaguar Wayne. He's very cocky. And, and so, <laughs> it's in my coat pocket. Um, so, the guy pulls out cigarettes. And he's like, I'm not familiar with this brand. <laughs> okay. 
Um, and he puts uh, uh, Jaguar Wang gives this Jaguar Wang a cigarette, and Jaguar Wang's tied up on his knees, and so he puts one of Jaguar Wang's cigarettes in his mouth. And I swear to God, I don't know what's supposed to have happened here. Other <laughs> than he died for some reason, and Jaguar Wang. It doesn't show he escaped. I, He's just in another scene. Yeah, I you know I couldn't figure that out either. I thought there was some. I thought we were friends. I, man. <laughs> I yeah, thought we had. Yeah, it was very. It was very. I thought I'd done things for you in life that were worthwhile. That's why I can trust you with these cinematic gems. Oh you know, I know you'll, you'll enjoy. It. That's so. But, uh, yeah, no, that scene made it made no sense. It, I mean, I can only think that maybe there was a dart or something hidden in the cigarette. And that's why he was so insistent of having his they own. They blew it out it. the guy. It was so... But I, it was not well executed. I don't really know. Anything. We're left to assume something like that happened. Uh, and, but I, yeah, who knows? And, and really. then we cut to the robot delivering the film. Finally, yes. Clutching a VHS tape. No, we cut to it. Yeah, just from, yeah, just that there's quickly. A, there's a... And, and yeah, there's right. a robot. That's, that's the edit. Thing. Yeah, that's the edit right there. It just goes right to the robot. Yeah. And, and so they show, they, they take a very long time showing the specific steps of putting this advanced technology of a VHS cassette into a VHS player. Yeah. Like, oh, we have to turn it on. We have so... They finally put the video into the complicated VHS player. Right. And it's in essence a snuff film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. And and Richard Harrison's wife is just sitting there, la di da, doesn't think it's a big deal that her husband would have been delivered a videotape by a robot. Right, that's not weird, right? That has someone being beaten on it. <laughs> It's a typical Saturday night for them, apparently. Apparently. I, I, I suspect, anyway. And so, the the video is the bad guy, one of the bad guys, I don't know, not the bald laughing guy who has disappeared off the face of the earth. Oh yeah, he's merely a voice at this point. Uh, and so, uh, it's them saying that they need the... Uh, Video the the the, uh, the statue right 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 the uh, the golden ninja warrior statue right yes and so Harry goes over to his Garfield phone and picks it up and calls Jaguar yes to inform him that Machiko has been kidnapped dun 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 we didn't know that right but Jaguar <laughs> two scenes earlier had been in the same room with Machiko. Right, he, he was well aware of the situation. And 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 knew she had been kidnapped because he had already tried to rescue her once. Right. And so um <laughs> we're, we're just at the point where Jaguar doesn't know that Machiko had been kidnapped even though he just saw Machiko. Even though he knew he didn't know. Right. You know, it's a voluntary, uh, what so, do you call it, amnesia, perhaps. So Jaguar uh, kidnaps the bad guy's girlfriend, mm -hmm. the, his ex-girlfriend. Right, right. Who seems awfully happy to have been taken by Jaguar. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, she was kind of feeling it. And then they they trade for Machiko. Um, and then a video... 
to the bad guy is delivered mm-hmm. by the robot. The robot, yes, another robot. And the video is just the face of a woman, and not not just a picture, but you saw it's just a static shot of her, right, in a ninja mask, so you can't tell who it is or what it is, and you get this. Traitors to the Ninja Empire must commit harakiri. <laughs> now, what the, what what our audience doesn't know is we actually finished this podcast, and I was you know grateful to God that I was able to move past this. But but God has a sense of humor and slash or hates me, and so we had to start this over again. So I've already I've already already covered the difference between what seppuku and harakiri are. And how one is real and one really isn't. And I'm not going through that again. But it was quite interesting. I'm sure so, it was. Uh, feel free to look that up. Yeah, yes. look that up if you want. But you get the guy <laughs> who sounds like he's gargling nails for breakfast. Right. That <clears throat> traitors to the ninja empire must commit harakiri. Says something else and I don't remember what it is. And ends with this, I am Ninja Terminator. Yes. <laughs> That's... I am Ninja Terminator. End of scene. <laughs> it just goes. It just stops. Yeah. You don't know who. You don't know why. But he worked the title of the film into that scene so cleverly. You don't know who is who is the Ninja Terminator. Why nah, he's the Ninja Terminator? Know. Why he's thinking this guy is a traitor to the Ninja Empire since it's not Harry. It's not. No, it's, it's not. It's the at bad all. guy that got it. So why yeah. would he be the traitor to the Ninja Empire? Maybe he's just sending those robots with tapes out to everyone in hopes that one of them is, and they'll get scared. <laughs> <laughs> His old fleet of. Radio Shack robots <laughs> with VHS tapes in hand, and uh, I don't know if he's driving them around and letting them off. Like I, I don't know, um, or they're walking across town. I don't know what's going on. With so these then, things. then Jaguar Wayne gets into a fight. Surprise! Shocker! With uh, Captain Violence himself. With, with not the bad guy who was the boyfriend of Higgins' ex-girlfriend, right? And not the supreme ninja. From the beginning, who was just laughing like he was a high on opium. Right, right. No. Not those guys. No, this is the guy that was wearing the blonde Ivanhoe wig, uh, who's just there now. Yeah. And they get in a fight at the beach, and the whole... Who had the die? I've got a note about the die, like a single dice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who what had this? Was it was it Jaguar that had the die, or was it the bad guy that had the die? I'm leaning towards the bad guy, but I'm not sure. I don't remember. I just know that he got flipped with it, and it was like being hit with a, you know, <laughs> like a wrecking ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's something that weighs less than one quarter of an ounce. Of right. Pla- I mean, it wasn't even a normal sized die. It was like a miniature die. This is something like less than your thumbnail big. Unless you have very tiny thumbs. Um, true. True. You know, no, and and got flipped with it. It's like being yeah. flipped with a booger, but he got with the hatchet. <laughs> So uh, the guy had a really strong flicking thumb, I suspect. Apparently. Quite a lot of velocity. And so there's a big fight on the beach. The the bad guy who was previously wearing a wig keeps getting stuck in sand, even though Jaguar doesn't. I can only assume it's because of his Jaguar style. He's very soft on his feet. I guess. I guess. I don't know. The other dude consistently sinking in the sand. Yeah. And it was a beach. It wasn't quicksand. It was just sand. It was a beach. Sand. Just yeah. a normal so beach. Would, does this happen to beachgoers, I'm thinking? Not that or, I'm aware of. Yeah, only if they're fighting, maybe. I guess. I don't know. Or maybe it was the shoes he was... I don't know, but he was consistently getting stuck. But we go to another fight scene now. Yeah. It's not... It's not... Oh, well, we forgot to add. Apparently, 
Jaguar was from Interpol. Oh yeah, he makes that statement too. He's from Interpol for no reason. Yeah, yeah, he's bragging. You know, hey. Yeah, it's just so he was like. I make the fat stacks. I work for Interpol. You know, the jig is is up. (laughs) I'm from Interpol. Okay. Um, <laughs> like nobody cares. I mean, I, I know I'm saying this sort of out of turn, but it really doesn't matter what order you see this in. You can set this on the shuffle, and it might make more sense. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe if you put the thing on shuffle, and you divide every scene up in, into its own little category, and every little chapter, and shuffled it, maybe at that point, the 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 time when. Ninja Harry informed Jaguar Wang that Machiko had been kidnapped would come before he already went there to try to rescue her because she had been kidnapped. Right. I don't know. Maybe. Might help. <laughs> but we now just cut to another fight scene where it's the uh, camouflage ninja, a.k.a. Ninja Harry, a.k.a. Dutch Ninja in my mind. Um, the black ninja who, for, I don't know who this person is or where they come from. They was sort of there before. He's had an encounter with uh, Harry at one point, uh, but he's there, and there's a red ninja. Now, not the supreme ninja, not the laughing ball guy, just a ninja, and they're all fighting. Even though, even though, Harry and Black Ninja had reached some sort of discussion, the truce that they're trying to be pitted against each other by a third party, and they're both uh, agreed that the ninja statue should not go to the, the the supreme ninja or somebody else they need to be but they're fighting about it now and so the the choreography which was average you know better than i can do let's be honest i'm not putting it down I'm just saying it wasn't exciting right right um from the stolen asian film um it's not gone severely downhill there's almost Nothing of worth looking at during the ninja fight scene, other than the slightly interesting fact that they would blip in and out of existence, which was cool. Yeah. Could have been cool. Could have. It had potential. If if it had been if it was yeah. in a different you know context where people could go in and out of existence and go here and there, uh, and you had somebody who was such a skilled fighter they could you know sense where the next strike would come from and, and block it as the person came out of. The ether, right, right. But this wasn't that. They're just sort of there. They're not there. They're there. They're not there. And at one point, the black ninja just goes away and doesn't come back. Now he's done. He's like, ah, I gotta go take a nap. Yeah, yeah. And so we're you know, spring chicken. Yeah, and uh, Harry defeats the red ninja, but doesn't kill him. Right, because he's changing his ways. Um, and he says to go back, and the red ninja says, I can't go back. So Harry picks up the statue. Um, it's not bound together. There's no pegs or anything that would keep it together. It's not a puzzle piece. These are just three separate pieces. <laughs> so he's picking it up and squeezing it together as best he could, like a Chinese juggling box, you know, where you, you have the two cigar boxes and you're like, you know, <laughs> put one out in the middle and you're trying to catch it in the middle to hold it. This is what he's doing with the statue. He's holding it together. Much it, yep. And uh, uh, he walks away and the red ninja blows up and that's the end of the world. <laughs> Greatest ending ever in a film. <laughs> yeah. No explanation. Red Ninja explodes. Harry's got the statue. Why? We don't know why. It just goes black. It I just, mean, that's it's the just... end. Just the movie's over. Uh, long live Jaguar Wang, wherever he is. I mean, it's just... Uh, it's all good. Yeah. I, 
I mean, at one point, Jaguar Wang referred to Harry as boss, but then I thought he worked for Interpol. I worked for Interpol. Uh, th- I don't know. He, he's one of those uh, free agents. Maybe. There's there's so many things about this movie that are so insanely confusing. What kills me is this thing made a list of one of the top martial arts movies. Yeah, yeah, and I think how. Maybe it's all the action grabs. Is, is, is it because they've only seen three martial arts movies? <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe that's a right. short list. It's just, it, there are more martial arts movies than this. I mean, a few I, more, yeah. I can understand this being on the top 100 um, movies mm-hmm. at number 100 if there were only two other movies available. And it was so bad, it was number 100. Yeah. Out of, out of three. Um, yeah, but this was not... There's no plot. Mm-mm. There's no. There's no continual line of logic at all. Right. There's no really outstanding choreography anywhere. Nope. How did this happen? I I don't understand. I don't know, but uh, I'm glad it did. I I can only blame <laughs> those people who were smoking pot at two o'clock in the morning watching this on some you know. Pay the bad cable channel. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and and, sure. and they voted for it. Like right, I remember how great that was. No, you don't. You, you don't remember anything. Dumb smoking <laughs> fiend. <laughs> oh god. It was a mishmash. It was definitely entertaining, uh, but it was not what I would call a top-notch actioneer by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. It was just a fun little uh, oddity. I it was just so confusing. I just cannot. I, I, I just even going by going back and trying to review this and trying to hash it out out loud mm-hmm. only makes it worse. Right. Yeah. And it, normally, if you talk about something, it makes it a little better. Things sort of fall into place. Not in this case. Not in this case because you just realize how just just organized and gravastic oh, yeah, this was, thing was. It was and a it was, mess. It was a mess. Oh. It was a fun mess, but it was a mess. It was, uh, I don't think fun is the word I would use. <laughs> How about laughable? We could say laughable. No, no, laughing. Not even laughable? Laughing implies some level of joy or insanity, and so I just can't. <laughs> this just left me befuddled, just to sit there and watch this and, and try to make... I had a migraine for three days after watching this movie. Oh, sure, maybe it was because the seasons are changing, and maybe it's because... The stress I'm under. I'm going to blame the movie. Yeah, that's a good reason to, you know, the movie. The movie did it to you. Sure. Well, I've had enough abuse. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you enjoyed the film, as usual. Um, (laughs) It was nice to converse about the film in person and not over the phone. Right, it was. So that was nice. It was in striking distance, I think. Yeah. I have a a teeny tiny shuriken and I'm going to throw it at you. Not if I do Sepulchre first. Sure. Sure. For those of you that didn't catch that, look it up. You really should have heard it. It was a brilliant... It was a great rant. I mean, it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but no, technology didn't no, know that you no, could hear we, it. So. We got cut off and we had to start yeah, over so again at the end just of it. Just imagine how amazing it was. Just, just, whatever, whatever I said, it had to have been better than the film. So, <laughs> that's probably true and that's if I just sat there and farted for 15 minutes into the microphone it'd still be better than the and that's also true <laughs> <laughs> alright well uh, for Peyton Green Peppers uh, I'm Shane Aiden and I am Patrick Height and we are wishing you uh, 
to be safe, stay safe, Absolutely. stay healthy, and uh, keep your produce fresh, kids. Yes.